Hello and welcome to the Amateur Austenite. My name is Frances Duncan. I'm an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My co-host is the fabulous Sean. Hello. And today we are discussing chapter 13 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. In chapter 13, we learn about Mr. Yates and his love for the theatre. We don't actually know if he's always loved the theatre or whether it's a recent thing. Everybody gets his fever for acting and they decide... That they're going to the They don't yet know what the play is. No. That takes a bit of time. Edmund is a bit of a killjoy, but also he's very aware that his father would not approve and his sisters and his brother refuse to listen to him. I really like the scene where he's being quite sarcastic, you know. If we are to act, let it be a theatre completely fitted up with pit, box and gallery and let us have an entire play from beginning to end. So as it be a German play, no matter what, with a good tricking, shifting afterpiece, and a figure dance, and a hornpipe, and a song between the acts. that it? Yes. <laughs> so Mr. Yates was introduced in the last chapter when they had the impromptu ball, but we did not learn anything about him. Beyond the fact that he's a flippity-jibbit. I thought we'd only learned his name in the last chapter. I suppose we did, but you certainly didn't get the impression that he had any serious bones in his body. He's a friend of Tom's that doesn't speak well for him, unfortunately. So we discover that he and Tom have not known each other long. They met in Weymouth. Then Mr Yates went to Ecclesford to do the theatre party. It fell apart, and then he came to Mansfield. Tom had said, come visit me sometime, and it happened much sooner than he had expected. Mr. Yates is described as a man of habits of fashion and expense. He's the younger son of a lord with a tolerable independence, and that Sir Thomas probably would not find his introduction at Mansfield desirable. Which we were arguing about whether that means one of his selling points, that Sir Thomas would not approve of him. It probably was, because he was seen to be a lot of fun, I should think. The other thing we pointed out as we were reading it is that Mr. Yates has no responsibilities. He's just travelling. He's gone from Weymouth to Ecclesfield to Mansfield. So it's actually quite unlike Tom, who actually does have responsibilities. So Tom's allowing himself be distracted from his responsibilities to his family by this younger son of no responsibilities. Tom's bored, though, having so much leisure as to make almost any novelty a certain good. Tom is bored. This is why he grasps onto the acting. Yes. You learn a lot about Mr. Yates. He gives a very long speech about Ecclesford. Total inconvenience of the Dowager dying. How dare she? It was she about could've... three days and being only a grandmother and all happening 200 miles off. I think there would have been no great harm. Oh, God. He rants about Lord Ravenshaw, whose house he was at. A little man with a weak voice, always hoarse after the first ten minutes. Well, I don't think Julia is going to really have that good a marriage with him. Mind you, she's a shut drawing character. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. <laughs> so everybody else gets really excited about the theatre, except for Edmund, who says, this is not cool. Also, we are gentlemen and ladies who have all the disadvantages of education and decorum. Basically, we're not going to be good actors to start with. Besides the fact that my father would not like this. It's going to be terrible because we have been taught to act a certain way and suddenly behaving off script, if you will. 
it's not going to work. Role playing is not a skill that they would have had. And in those days, it wasn't a respectable profession at the best of times. No. But people did used to do private theatricals. Yeah. But they would be doing the, you know, the, the Shakespeare. The Shakespeare's. Not that all of those were necessarily respectable at times. Edmund has four objections on his father's account. His father is not there and in a degree of danger. On Mariah's account, Mariah is in a delicate situation. She is engaged but not married. Also, I think it's a little bit iffy because her father is not there to provide proper chaperoning. And then number three, the expenses. They're talking about making changes to the house. And then four, the alterations themselves to the house. While Sir Thomas is not there, how awful would it be to come home and have your house ripped open? So I think he's got reasonable concerns about this. And he says, our father would never wish his grown-up daughters to be acting plays. His sense of decorum is strict, which I guess makes it five things. Yes. It's Tom that gets me. I mean, he's like, the the billiard table is totally deplorable. He doesn't say why it's totally deplorable. Probably because he had a bad game. Probably. It's a very good room for the theatre. It's got doors at the end. All we have to do is move the bookcase, which is obviously on the other side of the doors, to the father's study. It's his father's room, and he refers to it as his father's room. I know. How cross would you come back to discover? Going into my study. What the hell is going on here? It's an excellent green room. It's like, no, nobody goes into the father's study without his express permission. Tom gets his back up about Edmund's objections. He says, don't imagine that nobody in this house can see or judge but yourself. Manage your own concerns, Edmund. I'll take care of the rest of the family. I have quite as great an interest in being careful of his father's house as you can have. I think he's pulling rank. He is pulling rank. I'm the older brother. Step back. And he wouldn't like his younger brother preaching to him all the time. It's the kind preaching. of thing. Appropriate. It would be feel like that. Just because you're going to be a vicar doesn't mean to say you can tell me what to do. I love the bit, though, where he talks about his very anxious mother waiting for... <laughs> She's birth. like half asleep. Half asleep, looking a picture of health and wealth and comfort. Oh. And totally oblivious. But the picture of health, wealth, ease and tranquility just falling into a gentle doze while Fanny was getting through the few difficulties of her work for her. Yes. I love that image of Lady Bertram. Again, Lady Bertram, I want to be Lady Bertram. I do like Tom's response because he sees the humour in it. Yeah. He's irresponsible, but he's not mean or nasty and he can actually see the humour. Damn, there goes my argument. (laughs) (laughs) And the Miss Bertrams, when Edmund tries to explain to them, are quite as determined in the cause of pleasure as Tom. Of course they are. Fanny suggests that Mrs Norris might be on their side, but Edmund says she has no influence with either Tom or my sisters. And then later on, opposition was vain. Her eldest nephew and niece were all powerful with her. The tables had turned. Mrs Norris has no power. But not only that, she rather liked the idea of all the comforts of staying at the big house for a whole month. The most hilarious picture. Yeah. 
Because she'd been living at her own expense. Yes, how dare she? It would be so hard for Edmund. He's really the one person who's trying to sort of retain decorum. But of course, even he gets lost in the end. But oh, because this... Mr. Crawford comes in and says, Mary would love to act. And Mariah looks at Edmund like, your girlfriend likes it. What are you going to do about it now? Yes. And I just like to feel of as Mr. Yates is rather like the serpent. Is he? Would not Mr. Crawford or is be he the more apple? of a serpent? So you've got Crawford as the serpent and Yates as the apple. <laughs> Very religious imagery. And that is our summary of Chapter 13 of Mansfield Park by Jane Austen. My name is Frances Duncan. You can find me at francisduncanwrites.com and on Twitter at Francis underscore Duncan. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice Heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!